It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, September 16th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks slide, yields rise as we close out a tumultuous week for the markets. Investors get another key economic report before next week's Fed decision. FedEx does not deliver for investors as shares plunge. And a key ruling in the classified documents probe of Donald Trump. New York City is nearing its breaking point by migrants sent from Texas. Plus, preparations continue for Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth's funeral on Monday. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. The Mets beat the Pirates. The Yankees visit Milwaukee tonight. Thursday night football. The Chiefs beat the Chargers. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 37 points. Dow futures down 254. And NASDAQ futures down 138. The DAX in Germany is down 1.8%. 10-year Treasury down 430 seconds. Yield 3.46%. Yield on the two-year 3.89%. Nathan. Karen, this stock slide is deepening as we close out a trade week on track to be the worst since June. European equities are down for a fourth straight day, as are stocks in Asia. Two-year Treasury yields are climbing to their highest level in 15 years, deepening the curve inversion that's seen as a recession signal. But Brent Schutte, chief investment strategist with Northwestern Mutual, thinks we may be seeing a bottom. Sentiment is already awful. People have sold already. Throwing the 50% retracement of lows that we had, and I think you have the basis for the market having put in the bottom. That doesn't mean it won't be a grinding back and forth advance, but I don't think we're going to go below those June 16th lows. Brent Schutte with Northwestern Mutual says stocks usually hit a bottom when inflation peaks. Well, Nathan, investors get another key economic report to digest before we head into the weekend. At 10 a.m. Wall Street time, we get September sentiment numbers from the University of Michigan. And Bloomberg's Michael McKee has more. The sustained slide in gasoline prices should lift the headline sentiment index as well as consumers' view of current economic conditions. The numbers that matter most, however, will be the expected inflation gauges. The Fed wants to ensure expectations stay anchored so a wage price spiral doesn't develop. Expected year-ahead inflation should continue to drop along with gasoline prices. The rate was 4.8% in July. That was down from 5.2% in June to the lowest in eight months. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. The sentiment report caps off a busy week of data highlighted by Tuesday's hotter-than-expected inflation report. Traders now turn their attention to next week's Fed meeting. The debate is whether the central bank raises rates by 75 basis points or a full 1%. Liz Ann Saunders is Chief Investor. 
investment strategist at Charles Schwab. To me, the likelihood is more on the 75 end just because I'm not sure at this stage in the game Powell wants to be seen as, as putting forth shock and awe kind of policy. I think more likely is keeping both November and December firmly on the table and really pushing back on this notion that even existed a month ago that after a September hike, the Fed might have the green light to pause. Now, when it comes to market volatility, Liz Ann Saunders with Charles Schwab says high-speed traders may be driving some of the wild swings we've seen this week. Well, on this morning's equity action, Nathan, shares of FedEx are down 19% in early trading. The company said preliminary results for the quarter fell short of expectations. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The courier said adjusted earnings for the fiscal first quarter were 344 a share, well short of the 510 average estimate of analysts. CEO Raj Subramanian said in the statement, global volumes declined as macroeconomic trends significantly worsened later in the quarter, both internationally and in the U.S. In addition to withdrawing its fiscal 2023 earnings outlook provided in June, FedEx also said it expects conditions to worsen in its fiscal second quarter. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Charlie, thank you. Another stock falling this morning is General Electric. Those shares are down 4% in early trading. GE's finance chief is warning supply chain challenges will weigh on its third quarter performance. Well, Nathan, the rails are still on the move this morning. A tentative labor agreement is in place between freight rail companies and unions that averts a strike. President Biden reportedly told both sides failure was not an option. Bloomberg political contributor Rick Davis says the president deserves the victory lap. We had a big run up to this. Everybody was looking. A lot of concerns about the impact on the economy. And the team and the president came through. And and this is what you wanted to have happen. And they, they deserve a right to celebrate. Rick Davis spoke with our Washington correspondent, Joe Matthew, on Bloomberg Sound On. Stay tuned for more on the tentative deal when we speak with the Labor Secretary, Marty Walsh. That's coming up on Bloomberg's Balance of Power, live at noon Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, staying with politics, Karen, there's news on the Justice Department's legal battle with former President Trump. A special master has been named to review documents seized from Mar-a-Lago while denying a request from the DOJ to keep using the documents in their probe. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Both the Justice Department and the Trump legal team agreed retired federal court Judge Raymond Deary would be a suitable candidate for special master. But the government won't be allowed to keep using about 100 documents listed as classified until after the special master reviews all 11,000 documents to determine if any should be withheld because of attorney-client or executive privilege. DOJ also asked for a deadline of October 17th, but the court gave Deary until November 30th to complete his review and the court ordered Trump to cover those costs. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Meantime, in the Middle East, it's a meeting of two embattled leaders. Russian President Vladimir Putin told Chinese leader Xi Jinping he understands Beijing's questions and concerns about his invasion of Ukraine. We get more from Bloomberg Stephen Engel in Hong Kong. This relationship is not as rosy and positive as it seems on the surface. The war does not necessarily play to China's needs. And any hope for a quick invasion and quick resolution of the Ukraine Ukraine war is long in the rearview mirror right now. It's been going for more than six months. And Bloomberg Stephen Engels says it was the first in-person talks between Presidents Putin and Xi since the start of the war in Ukraine. 
S&P futures now down 34 points. Dow futures down 233. NASDAQ futures are lower by 130 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 330 seconds, yield 3.46%, yield on the two-year 3.89%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 507 on Wall Street. We're dealing with a truck fire this morning. Southbound New Jersey Turnpike near exit 12. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York is reassessing the city's right to shelter practice following an influx of more than 11,000 asylum seekers who have been bussed from Texas. That's according to Mayor Eric Adams, chief counsel, who says the city is nearing a breaking point with asylum seekers and the homeless. Counsel Brendan McGuire said, though, the law itself is staying put. Obviously, none of those practices developed with anyone contemplating that there were going to be over 10,000 individuals bussed into New York with no connection to New York from, from overseas. Mayor Adams says the city will not be like those municipalities and states that fly people to Massachusetts or put people on buses. Mayor Adams spoke while touring an asylum seeker resource navigation center. It doesn't matter if you came here on a Mayflower or on a bus at the Port Authority. You deserve the dignity and respect that this city continues to show. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been sending migrants from his state to New York City. Ukrainian authorities have found a mass burial site near a recaptured northeastern city previously occupied by Russian forces. President Volodymyr Zelensky announced the discovery in his nightly address to the nation. In the U.K., preparations are ongoing for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II next week. Rehearsals are underway as hundreds of soldiers and bagpipers are practicing for what is expected to be the biggest international event the U.K. has hosted in decades in Westminster Hall. Meanwhile, thousands continue to wait hours in long lines to pay their respects to the Queen as she lies in state, including this woman. We were talking before we came, do we curtsy, do we bow? But when we actually stood there, I actually didn't know what to do. And we both just looked at one another and we both just sort of bowed. And then it's just that really overwhelming feeling that you can't explain. Special coverage of Monday's funeral can be heard live on Bloomberg Radio starting at 6 a.m. Wall Street time. The U.S. National Hurricane Center is keeping a close eye on the newly formed tropical storm Fiona in the Caribbean Forecasters say if the storm stays on its current track, it will move through the Leland Islands today as it heads toward the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. All around baseball, it was Roberto Clemente Day. Nearly 50 years after his death in a plane crash, a ceremony took place in New York. The Tampa Bay Rays started 10 Latin players. First time that's happened. At City Field, the Mets all wore Clemente's number 21. They beat the Pirates. Clemente's team 6-1 to to snap a three-game losing streak. Daniel Vogelback, who the Mets acquired from Pittsburgh, had two hits, three RBIs, 15th win for Carlos Carrasco. The Mets now lead Atlanta by one game. Yankees will have Frankie Montas on the mound tonight in Milwaukee. He's made seven starts with the Yankees, only won once. Thursday night football to kick off week two. Chargers led in Kansas City by 10. The Chiefs scored the next 20. They included a 99-yard interception returned by Jalen Watson with 10 and a half minutes to go. That snapped a tie. KC won 27-24. Costly injury for Seattle. Their star safety, Jamal Adams, the ex-Jet, 
Done for the year. Torn quad. WNBA Finals, the Connecticut Suns stayed alive. Outscored Las Vegas 28-7 in the fourth quarter. They won by 29. The Aces still lead the best of five series 2-1. Roger Federer, third on the list of most Grand Slams, won with 20. He was passed by both Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic, but Federer obviously had a brilliant career. Ranked number one for 237 consecutive weeks. He's retiring at age 41. When my love of tennis started... I was a ball kid in my hometown of Basel. I used to watch the players with a sense of wonder. They were like giants to me, and I began to dream. My dreams led me to work harder, and I started to believe in myself. Federer will play one more event, the Laver Cup in London next week. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. S&P futures now down 35 points. Dow futures down 242. NASDAQ futures leading the declines this morning down 134 points. Seeing dollar strength this morning with the euro below parity at 0.9969. We'll check in on this market next with Michael Hewson of CMC. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly sunny today with highs in the upper 70s. Sunshine to start the weekend with a high near 80 tomorrow. Might hit 90 by Sunday. Right now, 58 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Inequities are extending declines with an index of global stocks on track for the worst week since June, while a gauge of the dollar soars to a fresh record, reflecting bets for outsized Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. U.S. stock index futures are dropping, suggesting the sell-off that drove the S&P 500 to its lowest close in about two months yesterday isn't over yet. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down about 37 points. Down futures down 254. And NASDAQ futures down 137. The DAX in Germany is down 1.7%. The 10-year Treasury down 232 seconds, yield 3.45%. The yield on the two-year, 3.89%. NYMEX crude oil is little changed at $85.17 a barrel. COMEX gold down 4 tenths percent or $7.30 at 17 cents. 60 an ounce, or make that 1670 an ounce rather. The euro, 0.9970 against the dollar, British pound 1.1377, and the yen 143.25. And look at a Bitcoin this morning down half percent at $19,750. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. In the UK, preparations are ongoing for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II next week. Meanwhile, thousands continue to wait for hours to pay their respects to the Queen as she lies in state in Westminster Hall. Coverage of Monday's funeral can be heard live on Bloomberg Radio starting at 6 a.m. Wall Street time. A federal judge has appointed veteran New York jurist Raymond Deary to serve as a special master in the criminal investigation into the presence of classified documents at Donald Trump's Florida home. In baseball, the Mets beat the Pirates 7-1. The A's lost. Thursday night football, the Chiefs beat the Chargers 27-24. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. It is 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. want to go right now to Michael Hewson joining us live, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. Michael, it is rough out there this morning. Does the gloom match what we're seeing in this economy? 
Yeah, I think I think that's really the the question that an awful lot of investors will be wrestling with as we look towards today's US Open. I think if we look back at what FedEx said at the end of its last fiscal year, they were actually quite optimistic that despite rising costs, operating margins would improve because they upgraded their four-year profit guidance to 2023. Here we are three months later, and they pulled it completely. Now, that suggests to me that something drastic has happened in the last three months. And certainly, I think if you look at the statement that they released last night, they've been caught out quite significantly. But really, should we be surprised by this? Um, when we look at what energy prices have been doing in Europe, what's been happening in China, um, it seems to me that obviously FedEx overstated their optimism in June and now are really cutting back quite significantly. And that really, I think, should be worrying for an awful lot of investors. And I think as we head towards the end of the quarter and we look towards October and the upcoming earnings season, I think we could see quite a few more downgrades. And I how, think that's what we're seeing being reflected in the price action. How significant do you think those downgrades could be, Michael? Uh, well, as significant as probably the FedEx one that we've seen today. I mean, we're going to have to wait two or three weeks, but I don't think the market is going to wait for that. Um, I think the fact that Apple didn't increase its prices was telling. I think they feel that perhaps they won't be able to pass on those price increases. Having said that, I mean, Apple is a cash machine. They'll still make plenty of profit. <laughs> The bigger question will be, will it be as much as people think? I mean, not for nothing has Apple not given any guidance for the past two or three years. So I think whatever the market's price in, Apple will comfortably beat. But I I think it's going to be a very difficult six months um, for um, consumers uh, and probably investors as well. Does this kind of market reaction we're seeing uh, to the commentary that we're getting from some of these major companies have any effect on the Federal Reserve? Does it steer central bankers away from uh, going for a, a, a jumbo size rate hike, something mm. bigger than 75 basis points to uh, try to achieve that soft landing that uh, investors are looking for? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a soft landing. I think it became much less likely. Um, I don't think the Federal Reserve will do 100 basis points. Next week, my base case has always been 75. I think when I spoke to you guys earlier this month, my base case was 75. That hasn't changed. What might change is what comes after that. So we could get 50 basis points perhaps in November uh, and potentially another 50 basis points in December. Ultimately, I think the Federal Reserve has it within its purview to manage its message so that it, uh, so that it doesn't unduly freak the markets out. But I think 75 basis points is a done deal. I don't think, and these, this, this prediction could come back and haunt me, I don't think mm-hmm. I'll do 100. Our last minute here, Michael, the Fed has said that uh, it's going to keep rates elevated for quite some time. What do you think it's going to take uh, for the Fed to pivot toward pulling back on rate hikes? Do you think it's, it, I mean, how long do you think a while is going to be? I think they'll stop hiking the end of this year. And then we're going to have to get used to probably elevated rates for the next uh, 12 to 18 months before the Fed even considers a pivot. I think uh, we could get a rate cut if we get a recession that turns into a depression. Hopefully, we won't get to that. Yeah, indeed. Thanks for this, Michael. As always, good to get your thoughts uh, this morning. Michael Hewson is the uh, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. 
as we uh, look at a market that's uh, pretty much red across the board around the world. Uh, just thinking about what FedEx had to say about its outlook, pulling its outlook after uh, raising it just three months ago, as Michael mentioned, it seems to be pervading into the market this morning. S&P futures are down 35 points right now. Dow futures down 239 and NASDAQ futures leading the declines in uh, U.S. futures contracts down 132 points, a drop of 1.1%. Germany's DAX is down 1.6%. The CAC in Paris is lower by 1.4%. The 10-year Treasury is down 3.30 seconds, yield 3.46%. The yield on the two-year, 3.89. NYMEX crude little changed up about a tenth percent at $85.19 a barrel. COMEX gold is down a third percent or $5.60, 1671.70 an ounce. Euro just below parity against the dollar at 0.9972. And Bitcoin below 20000 at $19,750. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Mostly sunny. Upper 70s today. Partly to mostly sunny with a high near 80 tomorrow. Sunshine some afternoon clouds Sunday with highs in the upper 80s to around 90. Right now, 58. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. The stock slide is deepening as we close out one of the worst trading weeks since June. S&P futures are down about 37 points this morning. And Lisa Erickson, head of public markets with U.S. Bank Wealth Management, says that choppiness is likely to continue. We've got the stock market in what I would call no man's land, and it's really because we are in a horse race to see how quickly inflation can come down and to what level. Lisa Erickson with U.S. Bank says she expects the Fed to keep tightening until inflation slows. Well, meantime, Karen, we get September sentiment numbers from the University of Michigan today, capping a busy week of data highlighted by a hotter-than-expected inflation report. In equity markets this morning, FedEx is the name on the move. Shares are down more than 19% this morning after the company announced preliminary results for the quarter that missed expectations. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow says macroeconomic weakness is weighing on FedEx. This is a company that's embarked on cost reduction measures, right? And what they're saying is that the global slowdown in volume is outpacing that. They're monitoring closely fuel prices, but what they're saying is we can't keep up. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow says FedEx expects financial pressures to continue in the short term, if not longer. And another stock falling in the pre-market, Karen, is General Electric. We get the details on why from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. GE CFO Carolina dieback Halpa cited persistent constraints in obtaining parts from suppliers. Halpa also said those snags are pushing planned shipments further out on GE's delivery timeline. The supply chain strain is also putting pressure on free cash flow. Halpa said the company now expects it to be in line with or slightly better than the roughly $162 million GE generated in Q2. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Doug, thank you. And this morning, shares of GE are down 4%. 
Well, the rails are still on the move this morning, Nathan, with a tentative labor agreement in place between freight rail companies and unions that averts a strike. Stick with us for full coverage today. We're speaking with Labor Secretary Marty Walsh live at noon Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. And a geopolitical note today brings us to that meeting between Russian President Xi Jinping and, uh, I'm sorry, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Putin told Xi he understands Beijing's questions and concerns about his invasion of Ukraine. The two met in their first in-person meeting since Russia's invasion. S&P futures right now down 38 points. Dow futures down 263. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 533 on Wall Street, 58 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with that truck fire in the southbound New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes. Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. New York Mayor Eric Adams says it does not make a difference whether you came here on the Mayflower or on a bus. You deserve the dignity and respect this city continues to show. Mayor Adams spoke while touring an Asylum Seeker Resource Navigation Center. We are not going to be like those municipalities and states where we fly people to Martha's Vineyard, where we put people on buses uh, and have them fail to get the basic items they need. This is a crisis. Meanwhile, New York is reassessing the city's right to shelter practice following an influx of more than 11,000 asylum seekers who have been bused from Texas. That's according to Mayor Adams' chief counsel, who says the city is nearing a breaking point with asylum seekers and the homeless. In the U.K., thousands are waiting in line to pay their respects to the country's longest-serving monarch. Let's go to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. The line to walk past the Queen's Coffin now stretches to five miles along the River Thames. Many thousands have already had the chance to pay their respects as Queen Elizabeth lies in state at the Palace of Westminster ahead of Monday's funeral. But today, a warning from the authorities that the queue may need to be closed or at least paused if it reaches capacity. The current wait time is already estimated at 14 hours. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. You can hear live coverage of the Queen's funeral on Monday starting at 6 a.m. Wall Street time right here on Bloomberg Radio. President Biden is set to meet today with the families of WNBA star Brittany Griner and U.S. Marine veteran Paul Whelan, both of whom are imprisoned in Russia. Biden spoke by phone in July with Griner's wife and with Whelan's sister, but both families have since requested in-person meetings. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. Much-needed win for the Mets after seven losses in 11 games. Swept by the Cubs. Mets took it out on the Pirates at City Field. Up 6-1, fourth inning. They won 7-1. Daniel Vogel back, the ex-Pirate. Had two hits, three RBIs, two-run homer for Francisco Lindor. 15th win for Carlos Carrasco. And the Mets now lead Atlanta by one game. Meanwhile, Sandy Alderson announced he's stepping down as the Mets team president. Alderson is 74, a cancer survivor. He left the team once before, but was brought back by Steve Cohen when he bought the Mets. Alderson will remain as an advisor. Yankees played tonight in Milwaukee. Tampa Bay beat Toronto 11 to nothing. The Rays on Roberto Clemente Day had an unprecedented all-Latin lineup. They trailed the Yanks by seven games. The Blue Jays trail 
by six and a half. NFL for the first time ever on Amazon and a good one on the AFC West in Kansas City. The Chiefs came from 10 points down in the fourth quarter, beat the Chargers 27-24. They snapped the tie with a 99-yard pick six. The Giants hoping to have rookie linebacker Kayvon Thibodeau Sunday against Carolina. Missed the opener with a knee injury. The Giants took Thibodeau with the fifth pick of the draft. Roger Federer will play for Team Europe in the Labor Cup next week in London and then retire from tennis at the age of 41. This is a bittersweet decision because I will miss everything the tour has given me. But at the same time, there is so much to celebrate. I consider myself one of the most fortunate people on earth. I was given a special talent to play tennis and I did it at a level that I never imagined for much longer than I ever thought possible. Federer always enormously popular. Won 20 Grand Slams just behind Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic. Still certainly in the conversation for greatest player ever. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. It is 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Scott Carr. Nearly all of New York City's retail sectors have rebounded back to pre-pandemic levels of ownership and activity. That's according to Executive Managing Director at Cushman and Wakefield, Stephen Soutendike, who estimates they've handled about 60 retail deals this year, mostly what he calls the driving force of food and beverage deals. LPGA Commissioner Molly Marcos-Salmon will give a TED-style presentation on the last day of the New Jersey Women Business Leaders Forum later this month. This year's forum's being held at Caesars in Atlantic City. A prominent Waterbury, Connecticut-based family business recently paid $4.8 million for the 16-acre Colonial Plaza on Thomaston Avenue in the city with promises to rehabilitate it into a thriving retail and commercial center. Officials with Cornerstone Realty tell the Hartford Business Journal the family was inspired to buy the long-struggling property given its prime location and recent investment in development by the city. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Scott Carr. Thanks, Scott. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Podisk on KNX in Los Angeles. We're talking about the plunge of imports moving through the giant port of L.A. I'm Courtney Dunahoe on KTRH in Houston. Popular ADHD drug Adderall is experiencing shortages across the U.S. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm talking about the finger-pointing between the FAA and the airlines when it comes to who's responsible for all of the airline delays this year. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on the pound slumping to its lowest level since 1985 after retail sales figures for August disappointed. I'm Scott Carr on WDCH in Washington. I'm reporting the owners of Nats Park will have to beat a zoning deadline to keep operating the park. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Since Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine in February, China has consistently refused to criticize President Vladimir Putin. Instead, it has amplified Russian misinformation and bought huge quantities of Russian oil and gas on the cheap. The West should ensure Chinese President Xi Jinping understands the price of allying too closely 
with Putin. If the U.S. and Chinese leaders meet as expected at the G20 summit in November, Biden should stress that growing Chinese investments in Russia could spur new penalties. The U.S. should also strengthen ties with countries threatened by a Sino-Russian alliance, including India and Vietnam. Such moves won't end China and Russia's partnership, but with commitment, patience, and unity of purpose, the U.S. and its allies can limit both countries' ability to threaten the global order. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash Opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130, other sunshine to end the week. Highs in the upper 70s. We'll get to near 80 tomorrow under a partly to mostly sunny sky. Sunshine for Sunday, some afternoon clouds warmer with highs near 90. Right now, 58 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Equities extending declines with an index of global stocks on track for the worst week since June, while a gauge of the dollar soars to a fresh record reflecting bets for outsized Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down 39 points this morning. Dow futures down 274 and NASDAQ futures down 145. The DAX in Germany is down 1.9 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds, yield 3.46 percent. They yield on the two-year 3.89 percent. NYMEX crude oil, little change at $85.04 a barrel. COMEX gold down half percent or $8.60 at 16.68.90 an ounce. The euro, 0.9975 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1382 and the yen 143.32 and bitcoin this morning is down half percent at $19,750. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. In the UK, preparations are ongoing for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II next week. Meanwhile, thousands continue to wait hours in long lines at Westminster Hall to pay their respects to the Queen as she lies in state. The government said it was temporarily stopping people from joining the line because it has reached capacity. You can hear the Queen's funeral on Monday live on Bloomberg Radio starting at 6 a.m. Wall Street time. A third-party arbiter has been named by a federal judge to the FBI Trump document seizure case. Semi-retired Judge Raymond Deary has a deadline of November 30th to finish his review of the documents. In baseball, the Mets beat the Pirates 7-1. The A's lost. Thursday night football, the Chiefs beat the Chargers 27-24. Global news, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak as we continue to assess this Rough market this morning. We are joined by Nadia Lovell, senior U.S. equity strategist at UBS. Nadia, it's great to speak with you again. It's interesting. Uh, earlier this week when we got the hotter than expected inflation, we saw a big sell-off. Now we're hearing gloomy warnings from the likes of FedEx and General Electric and seeing stocks sell off once again. I wonder what you make of this market reaction. Is it warranted? 
It is warranted. I mean, this is a market that is going to remain choppy and under pressure. It's a market that's digesting a more restrictive monetary policy. And so this is sort of the monetary policy that we haven't seen in decades. And so the market will continue to be going through this painful process as the economy um, digests the more restrictive monetary policy. You know, of course, there's a lot, but as you notice, we're starting to see some of those cracks from companies, you know, on the housing side, we have this negative pre-announcement and guidance pull. So we expect that slowdown to broaden out in coming quarters and really put downward pressure on earnings estimates, um, which still need to come down back to earth and even below. So we're looking for a more range-bound market, no real upside. But I would say that doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't things to do to position in such a market. You know, from a relative standpoint, we continue to like the defensive sectors like healthcare and consumer staples. And we continue to see opportunities within energy as we think that oil prices will move higher again. So if the market remains range bound, uh, you're not thinking that we see uh, a further testing perhaps of the June low? I mean, it, the S&P has got a way to go before it gets there. Yeah, it's possible that we could see a retest of the June low, um, just given the fact that we do think that the earnings estimates still need to come down. And, you know, if we see next week, well, we'll hear from the Fed, we are in the 75 basis points cap, but we can't roll out 100 basis points either. And we'll get the dot plots as well as a summary of um, uh, economic projections next week. And so that will give us some clues on the path, the hiking path going forward and where the terminal net rate will eventually end up. And so there is risk to the downside uh, uh, from the, to the market, depending on where the Fed ends up and what impact it ultimately has on the economy. What are you looking at that could help you determine whether we do see 75 or 100 from the Fed next week? What data points are you looking at? Well, of course, you know, we got the hot CPI this past week. And so um, that puts um, uh, upward risk um, to 100 basis points. You know, but I would say we're also watching long-term inflation expectations. You know, that's what caused the Fed to pivot back in June. You know, more recently, we saw from the New York and Atlanta and Michigan survey uh, all showing a downtick in expectations. But we'll get another Michigan survey later this morning. So, you know, we can't completely rule out 100 basis points. I mean, Powell kind of left the door open for that um, as well. What's the uh, impact of these uh, rising short-term yields that we're seeing, this deep inversion in the yield curve on stocks? You know, I think that, you know, when normally when the curve inverts, um, twos, tens, or, you know, the three month, 10 year, which hasn't inverted yet, um, there's concerns about recession. And so if we do end up in a recession, that likely means that the earnings turns negative, um, in a recession. And the question remains, like, how much negative do they get? Right now, we're in that camp of thinking that we get a softish landing. And so we're looking for low single digits earnings growth for next year. But again, that, you know, as monetary policy moves further into restrictive territory, the risk of recession does increase. And that will likely mean that you could see potentially negative earnings in 2023 if we end up in a recession. All right. Looking ahead, uh, certainly to that uh, Fed decision coming up in just a few days on Wednesday. Thanks for this, Nadia. Again, great speaking with you this morning. Nadia Lovell, Senior U.S. Equity Strategist at UBS. Karen. Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. It is time now for the Bloomberg Law Report. It is brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. Let's head to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. 
The Federal Trade Commission is looking into so-called dark patterns, digital design practices that businesses can deploy to manipulate consumer behavior and possibly compromise privacy. Problems facing gig workers are also on the FTC's radar. The commission will crack down on pay and hour deception, unfair contract terms, and anti-competitive wage fixing. The Ohio Supreme Court ruled that police can keep a $31,000 pickup truck seized from a man who was arrested for drunk driving. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thanks. Now another legal story we're watching. In a new book, the top federal prosecutor in Manhattan for half of Donald Trump's presidency says he was repeatedly pressured by Justice Department officials to use his office to help them politically, demanding that Trump's critics be prosecuted. And the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Dick Durbin, says he'll investigate the allegations in the book by Jeffrey Berman, the former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, whose ouster raised questions about political interference. For more, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to William Banks, a professor at Syracuse University College of Law. Berman writes in this book, Throughout my tenure as U.S. attorney, Trump's Justice Department kept demanding that I use my office to aid them politically, And I kept declining in ways just tactful enough to keep me from being fired. I walked this tightrope for two and a half years. Should he have been walking this tightrope, or should he have exposed this or quit? Well, I think, you know, it was highly inappropriate, the pressure that was brought to bear on Berman by what he calls main justice in Washington and by the White House. But it was not unlawful. There are norms involved here that we respect the independence of prosecutors, of course, and of U.S. attorneys in the federal system. But Berman, of course, is a Republican. He was appointed by President Trump. He thought that it would be a traditional appointment where he'd be allowed to do the cases and to arrive at just prosecutions using his judgment. And when that came to be less and less often the case, I think as he says, he was walking a tightrope. It's highly inappropriate. And as we know, eventually he was fired by by the president, and the president has the legal discretion to be able to fire a U.S. attorney just on a whim, as he so often did. Senator Dick Durbin of the Senate Judiciary Committee said, if accurate Mr. Berman's claims indicate multiple instances of political interference in the department's investigative and prosecutorial decisions... As you say, it's not against the law. It's just custom and a set of very important longstanding norms. It may cross the line into illegality if it happens to obstruct justice in a given case. So if the effect of of interference from Maine Justice or from the White House on the U.S. attorney is to obstruct the prosecution in a substantive way, then that's a law violation. That's obstruction of justice. And, of course, we're considering obstruction in every kind of way now involving former President Trump. So he's no stranger to that. And that's William Banks, a professor at Syracuse University College of Law, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg terminal at BLaw Go. Futures this morning are falling. S&P futures down about 35 points. Dow futures down 230. 
38. And NASDAQ futures down 125. The 10-year Treasury is down 4.30 seconds. The yield 3.46%. And the yield on the two-year is at 3.90%. NYMEX crude oil is little change at $85.06 a barrel. And COMEX gold is down about six-tenths of a percent. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.